Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Happy to be back. It, it, it's weird. Happy Feels like back. <laughs> happy back. Did I cut out there? I, I'm going to blame it on Discord. I definitely did not <laughs> skip a word. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no. Happy to be back and uh recording a little later it was a little worried we delayed for the playstation showcase and i was like early on the show i was like "Ooh, uh we might be just talking about a couple things as opposed to what i thought would be a a big show and i and i think it did deliver in the end but uh yeah i'm stoked to uh to talk playstation and potentially see if jocelyn's gonna buy a playstation 5 at some point in the next four years when all those games are supposedly gonna come out because they're way early in development but uh, yeah, yeah, it did seem like, and and we'll get into this later on when we when we get more into PlayStation and what was shown in the showcase. But um, it did seem like there were quite a few things that are a little ways out, and I was, uh, I mean, uh, lots of good stuff, definitely. But uh, I I kind of thought they'd have more that was like, and this holiday season, let's go. <laughs> but it was like 2022, 2023. I'm like, wow, okay. Okay, PlayStation, I mean, get excited, but... Yeah, still weird to see 2023 splattered on a screen and be like, that's sooner than we think, because yeah. uh, <laughs> even 2022 just it seems like in the distant future, but it's literally in four months, and... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's gonna we be were just talking year. about that off the sh- off air where we were just saying, oh man, it's going to be Christmas before we know it. Uh, <laughs> and that was because we were talking about Extra Life. So uh, it is that time of year again, I know, shockingly already. Uh, thanks very much to Josh in the Discord who uh, pointed that out to us. <laughs> we need to start <laughs> planning and thinking about Extra Life. So um, the Extra Life page is up now. Um, If you guys want to go and support us, I don't have a short link for you at this time because um, I forgot. It's bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2021. uh... Oh, you did it! Oh, Ryan, you're so on top of things and that's wonderful. Okay, so go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2021 to go to our team page and you can support any of us from there. Um, And yeah, so we're going to be doing, uh, I think, probably three or four streams over the course of the next few months. So uh, stay tuned for more specific stream times and plans. But we're going to stick to the same sort of format as last year where... um, we're going to do quite a few streams. We won't be doing a, a game day, a uh, 24 hour stream that just we're too old for that now. But this is year 10, Ryan. Mm-hmm. 10 years we've been doing this. When we started, you weren't even married yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is very true. Which is also why we're not doing 24 hour streams. There's <laughs> there's spouses and children and people who need attention. <laughs> yeah, I the the 24 it's I think we've been doing the sort of we keep saying like oh we're going to keep doing the split up stream, but I think we've been doing it long enough where that's to be expected. Just the expectation. I, yeah, I I, think I so. don't even remember the last time we did a full 20 it was probably like 2015 actually cuz uh or 2016. I remember I was still living with roommates when we did that because i remember getting super duper sick and uh leanne bringing me soup because <laughs> oh. my voice was gone and i was just dying <laughs> yeah i do remember the last time we did the 24 hours it was kind of one of those moments where it's like yeah let's figure out a w-. i think we took like nine months off and then we decided there's no way we can do the 24 hours again and and 
I think once we realized, um, the, the funny thing is like splitting them up and doing multiple days, like we did the math last year and, and in previous years, we end up streaming more when we split them up. Way, way more, way more. Yeah. So it, it, it works out for everyone at home who's donating and supporting this great cause because um, it does encourage us to to do more streams. And, and it's honestly, we talked about doing three or four streams, but like that doesn't mean that there might be some rando streams that pop up. There's there's people on the team that are planning stuff as well. And it just, I think that it's, it's a healthier way of doing it. And it also provides more opportunities um, for you to, to catch us live, see your donation alert on screen, um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just overall, it's just a better way of doing it. And I'm surprised. I, I know that extra life in the back of their minds, they do say you can do multiple days. You can split it up however you like. There's no rules, but they do still push that like 24 hours, which that game day. Yeah. It yeah. does Although feel they wrong. do Like it, it's funny because it's very much, um, a year long event now. Like mm. I start getting, emails in january being like 2021 let's go yeah they as soon as they close they close the year they i think they take two weeks to reset the system and then you get an email and uh and and it's like yeah set up your account for next year start early and and i think that's the right way to do it is to is to kind of say like do it whenever um Obviously, we like doing our push in the fall. Yes, yeah. The, the fall is, is extra lifetime, so yeah. But uh, yeah, so stay tuned. Uh, we will be giving you guys more information once we actually have uh, some finalized plans. But again, if you do want to support our Extra Life campaign this year, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2020. Uh, so Ryan, speaking 21. of playing games... 2021 oh my god oh <laughs> where did my life go <laughs> thanks ryan like, sorry uh, totally that's no it's fine it's good i just yeah oh man yeah don't go to 2020 that's already <laughs> over oh man seriously where did this year go all right uh so ryan what have you been playing this week i i was in the middle of a transition it's gone now i yeah, I'm, yeah. what are you playing what's going on well, games. <laughs> yeah, games. I, I am playing games. And one of those games is a game we talked about last week, which is uh, Marvel's Avengers. I think I teased it last uh, episode where we were trying to set up like a four player co-op night where, um, of course, Avengers is a four player game. Um, and of course, I've never been able to wrangle enough people to play where we have a full party and we're not like filled with uh, with random players um, because that's never fun because they either... I've had multiple occurrences where they'll just run ahead and um, they'll be warping you to the next checkpoint. They'll have done everything and they're like warping you, warping you. And it's like, I don't even feel like I'm playing. I feel like I'm running and I'm getting to a point where there's a bunch of bodies on the ground and then there's a countdown and then I, I, I hit a loading screen. So like, that's not very fun. Yeah, I always found that in World of Warcraft as well. If you yeah. jump into a dungeon with random people, there is just no time to to stop and smell the roses. It's just go, 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 go. And that's not always the best experience. <laughs> no, it's not. And I mean, I've had another instance where I'll feel like I'm playing at a, at a pace that is, is sort of in line with the rest of the player base. And then I've had people like turn on their mic and be like, you got to stop moving past the objective when we're trying to clear all the other stuff. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize that we were like, there's the other side of it where you're playing with people who are doing their dailies, but trying to do everything on the map, like get all the chests and get, get all the objectives and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, okay. 
so that it's kind of unpredictable. So the fact that we were able to set up a four player co-op, we could, we could, I, I felt comfortable like having like, you know, open mic, having conversations. I ended up playing with Travis, uh, Whirlwind and Crofton, you know, Travis and Whirlwind, two people in our discord. Crofton, um, I can't say his name again or else I'll summon him. So I won't say it, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, he'll only listen to the podcast if, if, uh, if we mention his name three times. So I think we're safe. Um, but, uh, my co-host on Dungeons and Diapers, he joined us as well. And we played Avengers four player and it was a lot of fun. Like we were able to kind of coordinate, um, do missions together. Like we did have some issues with power levels where we are kind of across the board in different places of the game. Um, okay. now there is power scaling, uh, but only downwards. Like you, you can't obviously bring in a player who's, who's just, uh, has a fresh character, um, and then like bring them into a level 100 sort of, uh, mission, right? It doesn't work that way, but you can go the other way so that if we're doing a mission that is scaled to, um, a, a lower level, then you if I have a, I, have, I think my black Panther's like level, like one power level 140. Cause I've been playing a lot of the new hero and he was fine running in. Like he was able to take things out pretty quick, but it didn't feel like I was just like, you know, poking them and then everything was dying, right? Uh, it was a little more balanced than that. So once we kind of got the hang of what missions we could do and what missions we couldn't do, um, it became a, a lot of fun of just kind of like hanging out while we're just, you know, mindlessly running through this content. Because I think that's that's part of the struggle with Avengers that sometimes the combat can get a little monotonous, especially once you get out of that campaign and start doing the reoccurring missions where you are just running from area to area, fighting a bunch of dudes, then running to the next area, fighting a bunch of dudes and so on, rinse, repeat, that sort of thing. Um, so th th that's something that we had a lot of fun with. It, it, it doesn't sound like fun when you kind of say it like that, but I think when it's like other games where you're just, you're hanging out with your friends, you're having conversations, um, you're making fun of the bugs. Like Travis was uh, playing as Miss Marvel and, and the entire time we played, I think the three or four hour session, his character wasn't animating. Um, so just T posing the whole, <laughs> the whole time. So, um, you'd be playing and, and you'd be fighting a character. Then all of a sudden the character, the enemy would just start moving wildly. And it turns out it was, uh, it was Miss Marvel T posing next to the character. And, and on Travis's screen, Miss Marvel is, is doing a finishing combo and we're just sitting there and just watching this T pose character, you know, use telekinesis to like kill a man. And it's just like, okay. Um, <laughs> But uh, there's still some bugs in there, and I and I that was one of the biggest ones we encountered. But other than that, we we did have a lot of fun, and um, they they did announce like more content coming to the game. So you know, Spider Man being exclusive to the PlayStation, uh, he is still uh, set to debut before the end of the year, sometime in the fall slash winter time frame. Um, but outside of that, they they didn't really confirm much else. Uh, in terms of content, a lot of like gameplay improvements. Um, and I think they're adding a raid, whatever that means for this game. Um, maybe like uh, they have encounters and they have like boss fights, but there hasn't really been like a like a dungeon or something like there are yeah, like, like multiple bosses in a row that you have to defeat. Yeah. And they are saying like this raid will conclude the story of Claw, who was introduced um, in the Wakanda expansion. So 
it, it does sound like they're continuing the story there, but uh, we'll see how it is. But they say it's going to be the most difficult content they've added to the game, and I don't know if our I don't know if our characters will be up to it to the challenge uh, because we're we're still pretty low level. I don't know what the power level requirement will be. I think they have announced. I think it's. I don't even think I've hit it. It's like 150. Like, I don't even know how to get like a higher level than I am now. Cause I think the gear I've been getting is like capped at 130 something. So and I'm afraid if I, I'm afraid to look it up. Cause they'll probably be like, you got to do all these things like four or five times times 30. And it's like, Oh God, <laughs> that sounds like chores to be honest. Yes. So. Yeah. Welcome to, to end game content, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Glad you like the game. Now do your chores. Yeah. <laughs> I, and again, like, I don't mind, um, I actually have been playing a lot lately of Avengers, and I, I don't mind jumping in and playing. I, I think it's just, it's one of those things where it does get old pretty quick, so I have tried to step away from it until we set up our next Avengers night. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we, we, we had a lot of fun. I, I think it's a game certainly worth checking out if you're, like as I said originally when I recommended it, if you like Marvel characters it's a really great play. And honestly, when it goes on sale, like it's a deep cut, like it goes down to like 25, $30. And, um, if you do buy a previous generation version of the game, you do get a free upgrade to the next gen. So like, there's no, um, upgrade cost. So, you know, and I, and I could see it. Yeah. I think it has a permanent price cut now. It's like 50 bucks permanently and that's Canadian. And, um, I think it. Uh, I, I could see it going lower as they add more heroes because with each hero they add um, more more um, stuff you can buy with real world money and stuff like cosmetics and and uh, mm-hmm. um, battle passes. So uh, I haven't put any real money into it outside of buying the game, <laughs> but uh, uh, it is tempting to kind of unlock the the hero challenge cards, which is essentially like you have a battle pass for each hero that you can unlock resources and cosmetics and stuff. So. Uh, maybe for spider-man i'll do that because that'll feel like okay this is the character that i i I mean if he's good if he's no fun to play then obviously like having a a card that's going to take you know hundreds of hours to complete for 10 bucks like probably not worth picking up but uh there is a free track in there as well but uh, yeah it's a lot of fun I, i do highly recommend now that i've played it with friends i do highly recommend um, playing it, even if you are playing with, with Crofton, uh, oop, I said it again, but, um, <laughs> yeah, anyways, yeah, it, even if, even Crofton. if it's fine, he's not going to listen to this. And, and le- even if someone <laughs> tells him, oh, you should go listen to this, he's probably not going to listen to this. So it'll be fine. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see, but yeah, we, we had a lot of fun with it and, uh, yeah, it, I, I think it's, um, Oh god, the game would highly benefit from crossplay. That's the last thing I'll say is that yeah. it does not have crossplay. It's kind of laughable how many people are playing concurrently on Steam, and even me trying to um, match make into higher level content. It's just it uh, it either takes its sweet time or doesn't find anybody, and I end up having to struggle with the AI. So. That's that's the big thing. If you know, like, and we're playing on PlayStation, so uh, as I said, there's no crossplay. So if you do pick it up on PlayStation, obviously you'll know people in the Discord who are playing who are happy to to pick up and play a few missions with you. But uh, yeah, um, I'm not sure I can help anybody on Xbox unless Whirlwind breaks <laughs> open his collector's edition <laughs> that he bought. He has two versions of the game, but uh, uh, yeah. So, anyways, I, that's Avengers. Probably won't have an update for a while um 
just because there's no new content coming for a while. So when Spider-Man hits, maybe I'll talk about it then. We'll, we'll check in. But as of right now, back on the digital shelf, I guess. I, I think it's digital. That I have it. <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. So you also picked up a piece of tech this week, right? So I'm really interested in this because I can't use it. Uh, it's <laughs> iOS only. And but I, I just when I was looking at this thing, I was like, man, if you're a mobile gamer, this thing looks so cool, especially now as we're getting, you know, it's not just so much um, like mobile like what's available in the iOS store anymore, like with all of the different um, streaming services and remote play and stuff like that, that's available like from the consoles and stuff. I'm really feeling like the mobile gaming space is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And this controller looks so cool. So tell, tell me about the, the, uh, the backbone one. Yeah. So okay. on the box, it says backbone, but I guess on their website, they call it the backbone one, but I I've just been calling it, the backbone controller but uh yeah it is uh it is a, an exclusive piece of tech for ios because it does have the lightning port it's a it's a physical connection controller um and uh it, it, it i'll get this right off the bat because i mean as soon as people look this up um i don't want to start with all the positives without mentioning the one big thing and and this is huge something negative <laughs> yeah the huge it, it is it is very expensive it's a hundred dollars us um for me it ended up costing i think it was like 160 after taxes Canadian and uh that's a lot of money and I remember I think I, I we, we were talking either pre or post show and I told you I'm thinking of buying this it's sort it's really up my alley I really do like using my phone for games yeah and then you're like it, but it's so super expensive <laughs> and I looked at it and I was like Psst, that's nothing get it like I literally <laughs> thought it was gonna be like three hundred dollars from the way ryan was was talking it up so not to say its price is insignificant but i think its price is definitely in line with well the, i think the example i used when we were talking about it before you bought it was joy cons mm -hmm. like it, it's up there with the i guess next generation or current generation of controllers like if you want to go buy some of even like the xbox controllers like the super pro thing like that thing's like 300 bucks so yeah, yeah. It, this was not as expensive as I thought it was going to be, given the kind of wind up that you gave me heading into the price reveal. <laughs> it feels it feels expensive for what it is, but I think it it also fits within the 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 cost framework of a controller like this. So the other one previous to this, and and um, I think it's like the Razer Kishi is one of them. And it's about a hundred bucks and it is the same idea. It's kind of this like expandable shell that you put your phone in between and it kind of like pinches the phone in a way that, that holds the, con holds the phone and the controller. So that's the biggest difference here is I remember previously when X cloud or Xbox cloud gaming launched, I picked up one of those clip things that you sort of like you're clipping, you, you clip it onto the controller and then you have your phone sort of sandwiched in a clip up top and it, it looks ridiculous. It feels ridiculous. And there's just like this heavy weight that has suddenly been added to um, the controller. And it just felt it felt really awkward. It was only 20 bucks, but it was a good experiment to kind of see because that was part of what Xbox was suggesting. Then I, I saw these these backbone controllers and I, and I got to, you know, uh, shout out where it's due. Like Scott uh, Johnson picked one up. Um, 
your co-host, uh, or, or I should say host of the instance where you are now a co-host, right? Like we yes. haven't even mentioned that. By the way. I, yeah, I don't think we actually have. Um, yeah, so I am I am now doing the instance full time all the time, yeah. <laughs> which is super fun. Yeah. 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 So he had been talking a lot about it on his gaming shows. And I reached out to him and I'm like, look, like this thing's 160 bucks Canadian. Really, really, really expensive in my mind. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and, and I said I had because he was saying like it cuts down on latency. It feels really good. And I, I did ask him because that was one of my big things with um with with cloud gaming and remote gaming is the latency on the phone felt really bad but i was always bluetoothing a controller to the device right. and he said no it, it absolutely does doesn't eliminate the latency because you're playing remote there's always going to be some form of latency um he said it, it really helps cut it down to the point where it is less noticeable and i thought okay i can I can pay for less noticeable, I think. I think I can make that work. And and as Jocelyn said, we also have a gaming podcast in which we can talk about it. So that helps a lot. Um, and, I, and yeah, it does cut down on the latency. I've been playing, I've been kind of bouncing between um, remote play to the Series X in the living room and um, trying out Xbox cloud gaming. Obviously, the remote play uh, feels snappier because you're only sort of going through the Wi-Fi to the device um in the same sort of network but uh, cloud gaming feels feels fine as well like it 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 kind of brings it closer to that experience of like okay there is a good chunk of genres i could see myself playing through xbox cloud gaming with this controller and the way it works is like you just kind of like pull it apart and it's it's kind of um it's kind of a like it's on a, like a little bit of a spring there so it has give as you pull it apart you slip your phone into it and you you connect it it's a lightning port that's why it's exclusive to iOS it has the the lightning port now watch as soon as i plan to go buy a new phone they'll switch the port on the phone but uh, <laughs> please apple don't until i manage to buy a new phone um but it's it the controls sort of feel a lot like uh, what you're used to on the switch when the joy cons are um are docked you know, it's got the smaller thumbsticks that feel very much like the Joy-Cons. Um, and then the buttons on it are uh, also very reminiscent of the Joy-Cons as well. But it feels really good in your hands. Like, as you have it, unlike the um, holding of a controller with the phone in the clip, when you've got the phone inside um, the controller, it just, it, it feels like you're holding a... Distributes the weight better. Yeah, it really feels like you're holding a handheld gaming system like it kind of converts your phone into more of like a switch um obviously your screen is going to be as big as whatever your phone is but it does fit pretty much every phone that has the operating system to support the uh the backbone app or, or at least hardware controllers i don't know what what version of ios that is but it's it's a lot there's a lot of phones that it supports and uh, you do have to take it out of the case uh, in, in order to get it into the controller. Um, so if you do have a, a case that is fairly heavy duty and takes a bit of finesse to get it out of the case, that could be um, a bit of a bother. But uh, my case is sort of just one that kind of like clips around the back just so I don't, you know, toss my phone on a table and then it shatters. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> which honestly, I'm surprised uh, doesn't happen more often with these phones. They feel very fragile. Um, so as long as you can get out of the case really quick, there's no real annoyance because it's just kind of like you you pull the case, you pull the controller apart, you 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 put it in there, and you're and you're good to go. And and 
you're you're off to to playing games and uh it feels really great there's kind of like it it emulates sort of uh you know it has all the buttons that an xbox controller would have so it has uh, the the start plus the two bumpers on the top so the two triggers and the and the top buttons and uh, the thumbsticks are clickable it's got the d-pad and if in it honestly when you're playing games it feels really good and that's what's always worried me about um technically third-party controllers like non-xbox playstation or nintendo controllers is they just there's something off that feels about them like they're just not and and it's not even the fact that they aren't official it's just i don't know if you've ever used a third-party controller but it just feels just like there's something missing you know um yeah, aren't there like uh, I'm trying to think of the brand, but they've been around for like ever, and they used to make like the clear ones and the ones with all the lights on the inside and stuff. Uh, Mad Cats. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, those ones, and they were pretty good. But when you compared them to the native controllers, then it was kind of like, ooh, this is just it's just a little bit slow. It's just a little bit different or whatever. And yeah, they they were pretty good, but you could always tell. Yeah. I mean, and I don't feel that here. Like it, it really feels like when I'm playing and, and the games I've been playing, I've kind of been jumping around between, um, you know, longer form game of, uh, I started playing Psychonauts two, which I'm very much enjoying. Um, we'll probably talk about on a future episode of, of the show, uh, playing that both on, um, on the Xbox and through remote play, jumping back and forth and, and the experience has been really good. I think the only issue I've had is has been more on the software side, where if I start the game on the TV, then turn the Xbox off, and then start it back up through remote play, the screen is really um, is really dim. And I think it must be something to do with the fact that the TV has HDR, and the phone yeah, doesn't. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I have to like quit out of the game and, and restart it, and and then it does kind of like oh it, it fixes itself. So that's been the only glitch with that. Um, and then I've also been bouncing uh, between cloud gaming, remote play, and on the TV with uh, Boyfriend Dungeon. Um, and, Yay! <laughs> yeah, and I'm very much enjoying it. I'm having a, uh, I'm having a good time with the game. Like I, I get, at first with the game, I was like, I don't know if these, like the combat fell off, like the, the actual dungeon crawling. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I did get the hang of it. Once I got the hang of it and realized like, oh, these, these characters, these weapons do get way more powerful the more I go. Like starting off that game, it, the I did more feel you little... love them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I friend zoned a couple of them. I felt really bad. Um, but I, but I did, I did. And, uh, but I don't think that matters. I think I want to can... know. No, it, <laughs> excuse me. Definitely doesn't matter. Um, I maxed out my, Relation because when I when I played through my first playthrough, I basically had two weapons that I was using all the time, mm-hmm. playing all the time. One that I romanced, and then I felt bad because I was like, "Well, I can't, I can't date two people at once." <laughs> so I definitely friend zoned the second one, and I maxed out the relationship with both of them. So it's it's definitely possible to max out your relationship with a weapon without making it romantic. And just being best buds. Yeah. 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 And, and no one seems to be uh, upset with the fact that, uh, like, I think the story, the character interactions and the story with those characters, like when you do, like when we say friend zone, it really feels like a, a super duper negative thing. But in the game, it's just like, I ah, know, I just, 
be better if we were just friends. And the story just, it, it pivots to that point. Like everyone was, yeah, it's kind of, is, is just cool with it and they accept it and you move forward as really good buds. Um, it doesn't change any of the UI. Like it's still like love rank and all that, but, uh, yeah. but that's cool. It, it all works. And so I'm curious, and I know that this is not the point of this section, but <laughs> I want to know who or which weapon you're romancing. <laughs> oh, um, well, I mean, I'm romancing like all of them, like I, as we go. But I did friend zone. So a minute of spoilers, and it's going to be really quick. I friend zoned um, Sunder, which I think you find you find like almost he's the first weapon you get right before I found yeah. out he was a vampire. He's the, he's the nightclub guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was a little bummed about that. I, I did friend zoned him before I found out that he was a vampire because it was, it was like there's something going on with this guy and he's not telling me the truth friend zoned and then i found friend zone, yeah like, <laughs> ryan likes honesty only get out of here <laughs> you fabio type character yeah but then <laughs> i found out so hot. <laughs> he, he's a vampire and he, he didn't want to he, he didn't want to kill me which i was like oh okay well then i feel bad now and i don't think there's a <laughs> i do i think they give you a window to kind of like change your mind but you can yeah so um i friend zoned um the laser sword the K-pop oh, guy? I don't like him uh, either. Because <laughs> I, well, no, I like him. He's such a cool character. I really, like, he's so deep. Oh, okay. Um, maybe I haven't got that far yet. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I friend-zoned him because I'd, I'd already started dating the daggers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the daggers and I are, are dating, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so so yeah i uh i felt really bad and i didn't want to to hurt the dagger's feelings because she seemed like she was in a fragile place and i was like okay don't worry i got you yeah <laughs> and then i found laser sword and i'm like laser sword is so fun <laughs> <laughs> but i'm like but i'm already dating daggers i'm sorry <laughs> yeah he uh so the laser sword guy he again like i guess you you can't really I'm glad the game doesn't let you make the the decision early on because I think when you find all these characters early on, they do have this uh, rough start to their story. Like as you get to know them, and I think the laser sword he comes off as he's like a celebrity or something, and he comes yeah, off as very yeah. like standoffish. And I think I it's kind of my fault. I accidentally like um, you go to the coffee shop and and he's like just don't just ignore the fact that I'm here like don't bring attention to me. And I think I did the opposite. Um, and, uh, and there's this, there's this lady that's like stalking him. Oh now. yeah. She's super into him. Yeah. 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 Or, or in, it's, she's into the, she's into like the, the band. <laughs> yeah. Or there's like another person in the band she's, she's into yeah. and she's trying to go through him and it's, and that doesn't help either. So anyways, maybe yeah. I'm part of the problem with that one. Um, but yeah, no, I, I have been having a, a, a good time playing the game and, and it works really well across all the platforms and, and um, you know, playing it. On, and that's why I have been playing it um, on the phone through through cloud gaming and um, through remote play because it is one of those games that does allow for a quick pick up and play. And yes, I yeah. can quit out whenever I want because it's always auto saving and, and dungeon runs don't take long, especially when you, when you have that checkpointing system, I think it's every, every two levels. It, yeah, it it's every couple of levels. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been really helpful and has allowed me to sort of jump in and, and jump out and, and really test out the device and kind of the way you'd want it to, to work. Like you, like mobile gaming is like, I have a half hour, let's play something. And I think boyfriend dungeon works really well for that 
whereas Psychonauts 2 is more of a narrative game and mm-hmm. it's um if it's one of those games where you start to play it and you're just like I don't want to stop until I've hit like a point and that point might be hours away but uh Boyfriend Dungeon really does have that that good like jump in jump out feel um <laughs> what it's just so funny when you when you you know use that terminology with a with a game about relationships. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you make heard that it here first, guys. Ryan likes to just jump in, jump out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> real fast. Let's go. <laughs> I don't think you have that option in the game. I think like once you're in, like they don't really leave you alone. Like you either are dating, like you can't drop them. I think uh, in boyfriend dungeon, unless I'm missing something, like it's your option like you can't alienate someone until they say like no nah, i'm not i'm not going to text you like you you just lost out on the you know uh lightsaber guy you know like they don't eliminate yeah. uh weapons from your um from that you you can't lose access to them but yeah right. um but yeah the 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 controller like the backbone controller like i feel like if you like the idea of um getting more use out of your phone for mobile gaming the, and and you're you're looking for a controller to invest in. I feel like this is a really good option. Um, it it is compact. It's small. Like you might want to. I'm a little worried that if you were to throw it in a backpack or something to carry along with you, like it 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 feels like if you were to leave it on its own, it might get damaged. But like honestly, I wouldn't throw a, a normal controller randomly into a backpack because um, they are expensive now to replace. <laughs> um, but like having something to maybe like properly carry it around. But this is the other thing in comparison to like the mobile clips and like clipping your phone to a controller. It doesn't feel silly or look silly when it's in when it's in the controller. It just it kind of just looks like you have a handheld gaming system as opposed to having a giant Xbox controller with a phone attached to the top, right? It's mm-hmm. a bit of a silly mobile gaming offer, whereas this is a little more believable for you to you know, take out on your commute. And it doesn't have to be just uh, just cloud cloud gaming or remote play. Uh, I haven't had a chance to resubscribe to Apple Arcade. That was kind of why I waited. I've had the controller for almost a month. It, it took me a while to actually start using it because we're busy with other stuff. And then I wanted to resubscribe to Apple Arcade to kind of check out some of those games. I haven't actually played anything native on the phone. It's all been remote play. Um, so I am looking forward to resubscribing and, and checking out a lot of, uh, a lot of games that I've sort of been building up on my, on my list of, uh, things to check out when I resubscribe. But, um, I feel like that's also a really great pairing with the controller is, um, is the Apple arcade service. Cause there's a bunch of games that support physical, uh, controllers. So yeah, I, I really do think like if you're, if you are an iOS user and you feel like you're going to stick within that platform like you're not someone who jumps in and jumps you know jumps around um when it comes to your phone platforms you know investing in a in a controller like this is is worthwhile um but uh i i think that uh it's one of those things that will probably continue to be supported and the other thing that it features that we hadn't talked i can talk about quickly is um it's got an app everything's got an app but it's the backbone (laughs) app that you install and there's a dedicated backbone button on the controller and what happens is when you click that, it loads into the Backbone app, which kind of does transform your phone into more of a console experience because it kind of pulls all of the apps and games into, it's like a launcher. It, it pulls them all in and, and says like, okay, here's all the stuff on your phone that supports the Backbone controller or, or hardware controllers. So like, 
Genshin Impact was in there, all my remote apps, Steam Link, um, PlayStation, Xbox, that sort of thing. And um, you can actually hit a button. There's a dedicated button on the controller to take screenshots. And if you uh, if you tap cool. it, you can start recording video or you can hold it to take a screenshot. And um, it basically just... So uh, it has a lot of functionality then. Yeah, no, it does. There's a lot, there's a lot to this. So again, like from the price point, that's why I kind of like, it, it's tempting to run through everything it can do and then get to the price point. But I think... Once you kind of understand all the features of it, and of course, like it has to fit your specific use case of of gaming. Like if if you don't have a phone or don't use your phone for games, like this is not at all for you, and is not going to change your opinion on mobile games. But if you know you love your phone and do like playing mobile games, but don't like touch controls, a lot of them do offer hardware um, controller support, and I think this is the best option. Um, that's out there again for for ios systems not android yeah yeah and and android has some options as well and when i was looking at reviews a lot of people were comparing the backbone to some other like controllers that are compatible with android and uh, obviously they say this is the best one but you know there are other options that are available on android and i think that uh it's a it's a really cool way to kind of take your phone and and kind of transform it into a a portable system and and um, even just playing with remote play stuff i've been having a, a a real good time just kind of like popping in on the phone and and playing a couple quick levels of of boyfriend dungeon or or continuing a level in psychonauts 2 and mm-hmm. it all just works like you know and this is more to the xbox which is side really what you want out of your tech right <laughs> so you yeah. want it to just work <laughs> yeah so I, that's yeah. awesome yeah i did have to like jam a toothpick into the bottom of the phone to like take out a bunch of lint out of the lightning because <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow <laughs> i don't i don't charge i use i I wirelessly charge my phone all the time oh, so okay so I, you're not you haven't been plugging it in and out all the time exactly so if if at first your 160 dollar controller doesn't work when you plug it in and you start to panic because you're outside the return window um you might want to check your lightning port to see if there's like a bunch of pocket lint in there <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is a thing. So I, I, I carefully, uh, you know, used a, a light toothpick to kind of get some pocket lint out. It's like, holy shit, there was a lot in there. Um, I, I really should maybe start charging this with a lightning cable as opposed to just, uh, it's so convenient just to set it on the wireless charging pad. But um, yeah, that was the only other thing is like, if you haven't been using your physical connector on your phone for a while, you might need you might need to clean it out. But um, might have some maintenance to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, once I did that, it was it, the controllers worked perfectly fine. I've had no issues with the hardware, and uh, it's just it feels it feels like you've got like a solid controller now wrapped around your phone, and it's really really cool. So I I do recommend it if it obviously fits your gameplay style. Um, it's not going to change your mind on on uh, phone games if you already don't like phone games. But yeah, it's worth it. If you like to play games on your phone, this is probably the best way to do it. Uh, sorry, on iOS, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, it's not on Android. <laughs> they have addressed that concern. I think the company has said like they have no plans at this moment. But at the end that of the day, always change. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's nothing stopping them from creating yeah. a, an Android version. This is... Um, this is a product that's more partnered with Xbox. It's it's plastered all over the box. So um, I, I would think that this is uh, in relation to just, you know, it's honestly surprising that they would make this for iOS over Android because Android has the dedicated um, Xbox cloud gaming app. But uh, mm-hmm. obviously I'm glad because I don't have an Android phone and 
and this works yeah. <laughs> really well. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for thanks for taking one for the team and, and trying that out. <laughs> um, it sounds really cool. Uh, if you guys would like to support the show and Ryan's accessory <laughs> habit, <laughs> you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. Uh, thank you very much to our newest patron, Russell. Thank you very much for being our patron for September. Again, that is patreon.com slash the gamers in. If you'd like to support the show, uh, Ryan, you've got a Patreon post up right now with your poll. How much longer is that running? I'm going to run it for uh, a couple more days. I'm going to close it on Sunday, September 12th. And currently right now, there's a tie. I'm just pulling it up just <gasps> to make sure. Uh, it's tied between Mass Effect 3 and Tales of Arise. And I'm kind of sitting here and being like, kind of want to finish Mass Effect 3. But I also just pre-ordered Tales of Arise, which is... Uh, Tales! Tales! Yeah. Tales! So, <laughs> uh, I don't want to sway people's votes. But uh, you can go vote until Sunday at noon, September 12th. And uh, the winner will be the focus of the update corner on the TGI Patreon Mini, which goes live every Monday uh, for patrons and then goes live for everybody else um, on patreon.com slash in on Wednesday morning, I think, is what I usually do. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, extra bonus content available. Again, that is patreon.com slash thegamersin, which brings us to our news section tonight. And we are we're going to talk about a couple things, but we're mostly going to focus on uh, PlayStation because the showcase was this afternoon. Uh, but before we jump into PlayStation, um, apparently we're reportedly going to get some games from Game Boy coming to the Nintendo Switch soon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> ish maybe question mark <laughs> look at it i don't want to put a bunch of stock in the story but a lot of people are reporting it so it's not just one outlet but uh it seems like the nintendo switch online service is going to be getting an upgrade um they haven't added a platform since the snes over a couple years ago and it looks like they will add this story makes it, I think if you recall the Game Boy. I mean, like, okay, so you're right. They they haven't added some stuff, but like, oh man, I want, and I know there's going to be some control issues because we've talked about this before with Nintendo, that when they do a new console, they've got weirdo gimmicks. And one of those weirdo gimmicks was that crazy three-pronged controller for the 64. <laughs> So there's a chance that there's some issues with controls and whatever, but I want to see Nintendo 64 and all of that kind of fun stuff come over to uh, the Switch. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I think that, uh, you know, the, there's precedent for the N64. I think if, if it was on the Wii and the Wii U as a virtual console offering, then there's no reason that they can't bring it over to the Switch um, yeah. outside of, I guess just the work required to to port them over uh, or emulate them rather uh but th this is the big thing about you know nintendo switch online i remember when the switch was being announced before it launched Eurogamer had like i don't necessarily want to you know call a specific outlet and it might have been like a, a plan at one point for nintendo but the idea was like oh there's going to be gamecube games because that was a platform not offered on virtual console previously and mm. i was I thought that was a great well, we idea. We got Wind Waker, but that was a full remake, right? So yeah, that's a little bit different than a port, maybe kind of, sort of. Uh, it, you know, virtual oh consoles. God. There was a Buffy game on the GameCube, <laughs> and it was like the greatest game of all time, and I loved it. And I know I talk about it all the time whenever we talk about GameCube, but wasn't <laughs> like it the Hobbit really game? Truly, you were big yeah, into the, the Hobbit, the Hobbit game, and the Buffy game were amazing. I loved them. 
So yeah, both of those things need to be um, put over onto something I can play them on now. <laughs> I probably still have my GameCube somewhere. Yeah, that might be the better option. I think when it comes down to it, um, licensing. I just don't know if I would be able to find the the discs. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Um, but licensing. Yeah, remember is a big when issue. those were a thing? <laughs> I do. I oh, those little teeny tiny GameCube discs, man, they were so cute. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I, being a Nintendo fan, it, it was always one of those things that like Nintendo didn't make it easy for you, especially like in high school when people were making oh the GameCube, oh the Wii, you know, and uh, they they'd poke, they'd always have fun something to poke fun at, and with the GameCube is like oh those little kid discs, like you can't even have real CD ROMs or whatever. <laughs> And um, that's, I think yeah. that's what that guy actually sounded like. Uh, but hundred uh, percent, yeah. And um, I, I love the GameCube. It had a handle. Everyone made fun of it, but it was the best thing ever, you know. And uh, yeah, they just. But need... yeah, but Game Boy, Game no, Boy yeah. games. <laughs> yeah, coming to Switch, not not GameCube or sixty four. Sorry, I derailed that conversation. No, no, it's fine. I was having flashbacks to uh, <laughs> Nintendo conversations in high school. But uh, this is the thing, like Game Boy and Game Boy Color being offered. Like I think. The the news is um, uh, when you think about it, Game Boy and Game Boy Color are the same platform. You know, um, I think when you think back, like I think they were pretty much the same. Like was G- Game Boy Color games? No, I guess Game Boy Color games you could play on the old Game Boys, but they obviously just played in grayscale. But the Game Boy Color, like I'm trying to remember, maybe I'm misremembering it. Were they not the same sort of generation? Just the Game Boy Color added, obviously, um, more color to the screen. Uh, maybe I'm misremembering that. Do you? Does that ring any bells to you? Like, I felt like they were the same generation. I think so, maybe. But okay. like, I I was not, uh, like, not into into portable gaming. I guess like I had my my consoles and stuff, but it was mm. very much like usually years after they came out like secondhand hand-me-down type stuff and yeah the game boys and and portable gaming was always like basically the way that my parents saw it is if i was moving it out of the house i should be doing whatever i was doing not (laughs) sitting playing on a video game consoles like they were very into like sports and stuff and so yeah it was very much like there there was no portable gaming that was not a thing <laughs> yeah well I, th- I if i'm recalling and people can correct us in in discord and, and whatnot but i think if i recall correctly like the game boy color was backwards compatible and i think game boy color games were compatible with the original game boy but obviously owning a game boy color offered the better experience because you were getting the game uh, in color and uh, <laughs> but anyway the, this whole point is is to make that um i feel like the headlines uh, people might think like oh this is going to be a bunch of games and i think like it is still one generation the first generation of nintendo held held games and certainly expect the the initial offering to be very much like the nintendo classics like super mario land um tetris hopefully but like anything licensing related, like you brought up the Hobbit and, and Buffy, like even if we were to get a GameCube or an N64, like once you get into licensing, it's almost the company is not even going to try it. But we have seen offerings where licensed games or games that are like license adjacent do come back and and, and are reoffered on these services. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. But I think like them going to the Game Boy and Game Boy Color it's almost weird to me. It almost feels like this should have happened sooner 
because there has been such a lull. Like they've done all the big titles on NES and Super NES that they've just been scraping the bottom of the uh, the '90s barrel, and they really should have they really should have picked this one up sooner. So I think this is uh, this is late, even by Nintendo standards. And and I feel like uh, I feel like they they we should have gotten N64 at this point. Um, because I mean, Nintendo's biggest asset is their back catalog, and I I really feel like they don't they don't use enough of it, right? Like, are we even going to get N sixty four within the generation of the Switch? Like, because they start over with every one, like that's what they've been mm-hmm. doing, and and uh, that's that almost feels like an impossible game. Like, are we just going to get NES and Super NES games for the rest of Nintendo's just life forever? Yeah, <laughs> and just keep re releasing them, even like drip feeding them onto a subscription service. So. This is good because I don't think we've ever gotten Game Boy and Game Boy Color games uh, since maybe the 3S. So this is good. And, and by all means, it'll be part of the Nintendo Switch Online. Um, but yeah, nothing official yet. I mean, it does kind of seem like if this is news is being dropped, we might see like a fall Nintendo Direct. And, and maybe that'll offer us, you know, this news plus maybe some more 2022 news. So, uh, but I think we're about a month out from getting any new big info drop from Nintendo. Cause I mean, the last one would have been June, right? Like E3 mm-hmm. was their big showing. So yeah, this could be either something that gets sort of dropped on its own or, or part of a larger thing. So, uh, I could see it being announced sometime in September. So we shall see. Very, very cool. So let's jump in. Mm-hmm. And talk about the PlayStation Showcase, because there was a lot of stuff that, um, like, some stuff had been talked about earlier on in the week, but this was the day. This was the big day. And I think that, um, personally, I thought there were some really good updates in this. Um, I was a little bit, like, hesitant, like you were saying at the beginning. It was like, oh, man, are we going to have anything to talk about at all? Like, what are you doing to us, PlayStation? But they really kind of ramped up and gave us some updates on some titles that were um, kind of big question marks for me. And so um, the first thing I do want to point out is the Alan Alan Wake remastered uh, announcement. So that's been made official now. And uh, I'm excited about this because Alan Wake is one of those things that um, I feel like a lot of people played. It came out in 2010. I just missed that boat. I don't know why I didn't play it. I own it in uh, multiple places now, I'm pretty sure, just through, like, Humble Bundles and, and you know, things on Steam. And I'm sure I have, like, because, you know, Steam sales, man, they always get you. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I bought this for maybe $2 at some point. And now I've got a gajillion codes and it's everywhere and it's always free. And But I just, I've never played it. And... I completely and totally missed like all the marketing around it and everything else. I had no idea what it was, just that everyone freaking loved it. And I also had no idea that it's tied into uh, not only Control, which is a really awesome game that we talked about a couple of years ago when it came out, um, and everybody should go try it if you haven't already, but it's also tied into Quantum Break, which, you know, Ryan and I loved. So there's this whole, like, universe around these these titles, and I've never played Alan Wake, so um, I'm really looking forward to going in and playing the remaster because I figure, like, at this point, I've waited 11 years. I might as well wait a couple more months because this is coming uh, this fall, right? So sometime in the holiday window, I would assume. 
Yeah, actually, I think it's October, like early October. Oh, is it so. October? Okay, I I wasn't sure if we actually got like a date date. Yeah, I think they confirmed the date in in this uh, the showcase, but you like blink and you miss it because it's one of those yeah. like end card things. And uh, I feel like they did a lot of like this showcase overall for me was so weird because it was like. There was like a little itty bitty bit of like, and welcome to the showcase or whatever, like person talking to me. And then it was like, bam, 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 trailer, 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 bam, 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 random person again. And then more trailer things. And then, you know, they had like the more in-depth um, interviews, although I'm not even convinced that they were on the same Skype call. <laughs> they had so little interaction with each other. But um, yeah, it was... Uh, kind of an interesting showcase and you're right like there were because of the constant trailer switching and stuff like i mean you know turn away to to tell the dog to stop chasing the cat and you miss the the end cap so um i think that uh yeah i'm glad this is coming out soon it's definitely on my list to play um and i'm really excited about it because like i say it's tied into the universe with these two other games that i really enjoy and are these crazy trippy experiences so i'm really looking forward to playing this remaster mm -hmm. yeah remedy is is really setting up like the the remedy verse where um with control they have brought in alan wake uh into that in that fold uh, I think like they're probably in the process or, or already have started the process of bringing Quantum Break. Um, I think they they did say Quantum Break was something that uh, they did own the rights to, like it, it reverted back from from Microsoft or or they'd be willing mm -hmm. to work with them. Um, but Alan Wake Remastered, this is a big deal because it's never been on the PlayStation platform before. Uh, it was an Xbox exclusive. So this is a this is a game that will be available on Xbox and PC, the remastering. Um, but the news here was for the first time on PlayStation. Uh, you'll you'll get to play Alan Wake, and uh, I I played it um, not at launch, but I remember playing it shortly afterwards, and I and I really liked it. And it's a perfect Halloween game. It's very like uh, I've never seen an episode of of Twin Peaks, but it's been described as sort of Twin Peaksy. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was a Twin Peaks video game mm -hmm. until it was like Alan Wake, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a it's a good uh, it's a good October game, and uh, it really looks like they have done a lot of work to to um, remaster it. It uh, it feels like a, a smidge above what they did with Mass Effect. Yeah, I was gonna say it almost looked like it reminded me of, um, and we're we're gonna talk about this in in a few weeks because it's coming out. But um, the anthology, the Dark Pictures anthology. Oh, yeah, that's what it reminded me a lot of. I thought it was like and because I mean, I'm kind of on the fence about the next entry into the anthology. So like when they started showing scenes, I was like, oh, my God, like, is this the next one? This looks so good. <laughs> no, it's Alan Wake. I'm like, OK, that's fine, too. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. But um, there was also an update and they didn't give um, too, too much information. And this is the thing about like the trailer all the trailers back to back is that like they don't explain a whole lot of stuff but um the ghostwire tokyo trailer was so freaking cool and i am stoked as fuck about that game again because i was so worried when we saw it, it was a preview i guess it might have even been like a year ago now but they had those like creepy floaty like girl ghosts and that was like the only thing that they showed. And I was like, are we only getting one type of enemy in this game? Like that, that's not great. 
Um, but in this trailer, oh my God, it was so much more fleshed out. There were, I mean, I think I counted probably like 10 different like bad guys that you were kind of fighting. And there's this like super creepy mask guy who's all up in your business and like telling you all this cool, creepy stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited about that game now. I am just uh, over the moon that we're not just going to be fighting creepy Japanese girls the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, this game's, uh, it looks really cool. It's not something that is, is on my radar but i am looking forward to hearing more about it i think it's a 2022 game uh, i don't know if they had yeah that was the only i think it was supposed to be 2021 but now they've just kind of said further but hmm. but like i said it looks much more fleshed out than it did the last time we saw it so i'm really excited about it um but the thing that i saw a lot of people very excited about and i like it had made its way into my feed like even though i was i was out doing like field work today so i wasn't even like glued to my screen or to twitter or anything but it made it through to me this afternoon is everyone was freaking out about the Wolverine reveal. And oh. so when I was watching the showcase, I was like, oh my God, okay, well, what is this game going to be? And it's like the teaseriest of teasers. It's him sitting in a beat up bar and some guy comes up behind him with a knife and he's like, I've got three knives. <laughs> Except he doesn't say anything even. No. He just makes his claws come out and then they don't even, and then it just like goes to whatever, Wolverine, done. Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> I was I like, what? <laughs> this is what everyone's freaking out about? You know nothing. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the thing. You're right. We don't know anything. Um, this is a game being made by Insomniac, which I think comes with a, a, a very dependable pedigree. Like, these are the folks behind Spider-Man. Fair. Uh, Fair. Yeah, and, and Ratchet and & Clank and, and stuff like that. So, I as soon as it... So, here's the problem. Like, when you're watching this... When you when I was watching the whole thing, you, you see Insomniac pop out. It's like, oh, okay, here's Spider-Man 2. And, and we'll get to that. And then it, it shows Marvel. It's like, okay, yep, Spider-Man 2, we figure. And then you see this bar, and you're thinking, oh, are they bringing... Like, that's not very Spider-Man-y. <laughs> no, that's not Spider-Man. Are they bringing, like, Wolverine into the Spider-Man? Because at, at first you're thinking, like, okay, this is, this is not Spider-Man. It's some burly character who's... Uh, who's 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 been in a fight of some kind and and then they and then it is revealed to be wolverine and um you know there's been a lot of stuff sort of pointed out i think in our discord someone had caught a uh um there's a quebec license plate on the wall i mean wolverine is famously canadian uh yeah. so him being in in like maybe it's it is a game probably based in canada to some some degree so it's really cool that they're like playing faithful to the, to the comic because it is very much like when they sometimes bring these characters that are sort of just happen to be from another country outside of the states like they usually kind of like bring them to the states for these mass yeah <laughs> you know market um experiences so it is nice that they are being you know true to the character i think like what was it, the x-men movie there's like one scene in canada and it's a flashback and then they they bring them over to wherever where's the x mansion wherever everyone else is yeah, yeah. <laughs> pennsylvania or something or whatever uh, anyways so th it's really cool to see that they're making a wolverine game but I i'm freaking out because i'm like they already made a really great wolverine game it came out in the i think the ps2 era i remember playing it on um gamecube and uh 
and I might even be misremembering. Maybe it's it's the gen. Maybe it was Xbox 360. Either way, it was based on that really bad Wolverine Origins movie, <laughs> and uh, it was one of those rare occurrences where the game was way better than the movie it was based on because essentially the movie got you know pigeonholed into a uh, right uh, into a PG 13 rating, whereas the game had a rated R uh, rating, which is also like kind of weird to see. Uh, but it was a great game, and if if they take what they did with Spider-Man and use that like Arkham style combat and apply it to Wolverine and are able to make the game, you know, a proper rating to a, a dude with six knives on his hands, like it would make it, like that game. If it isn't rated M for mature, then he's, he's not, he's not pulling out his claws unless he's fighting robots. Right. You know, uh, <laughs> there's because we're we we have this has got to be like some logan style fighting right as opposed mm. to uh x3 you know with really bad cg and stuff but um yeah i think that's why people are freaking out it's it's the insomniac um sort of developer behind it it's a game very much early in development um you know the fact that we got a 2023 date for spider-man 2 this is likely a, a 2024 game at best which again is is three years out um at at best but uh yeah yeah it's it's gonna be a wait but it's coming it's coming it is it is and we will have to wait uh but i mean spider-man 2 2023 um they're bringing venom in they're very much establishing both peter parker and miles morales as the spider characters in the game uh they have confirmed it is single player um they are saying it is a single player focused adventure. So the idea will probably be that you can, you know, choose between the two characters depending on the mission. They haven't really said, but uh, both characters will be in the game. Um, now, there was some confusion in the trailer. Like, obviously, there's Venom. Uh, he's being vo- voiced by uh, Tony Todd of, of Candyman fame and, and other um, uh, horror films. But uh, there's another character that's sort of talking and it seemed it seemed to me like that wasn't venom or or was possibly the person that that venom had infected i'm not big on the comic side of things but did you get that impression as well that, that was a different I definitely character got the impression that it was a different character um it was like just the way it was kind of framed i was like okay it does seem like this is going to be the villain but then it kind of like shifted like right near the end mm-hmm. so I I don't know. Um, I got the impression that maybe Venom wasn't the bad guy, but also maybe you're right. It could be who Venom infected. Like I I have no idea because I'm so far removed from like basically I've seen the Venom movie, mm. <laughs> <laughs> like the recent one, um, and that's it. So uh, I am not up on all of my Venom lore, but I kind of thought he was like not like. Not a bad guy, but not a good guy. Like a very like just crazy neutral character that can go either way at any time. Um, but maybe that's wrong. <laughs> uh, I think that's a good a good way of putting it. I mean, it, it is certainly like an an alien being. I think that their latest Venom movie did the character more justice than um, obviously Spider Man Three did, where it was it was just a crazy you know alien infection essentially that that brought the worst out of out of people. Um, and and their worst dance moves but um i i think that yeah like i got the impression that the way the person was talking 
and and kind of talking to like oh spider-man i finally have met someone who can you know challenge me and, and possibly even you know defeat me and um and very much in a different voice than what we uh, got at the end of the trailer with venom venom showed up yeah yeah so i i kind of thought like the only character that hasn't popped up that could kind of fit in my in my limited you know understanding of spider-man lore was kind of like craven the hunter like someone who is like hunting people like and and you know craven has been known yeah. to be for a challenge that yeah. was the kind of vibe that I got that like he's been going up against a whole bunch of people and no one's ever held a candle to him sort of thing. And that didn't seem very venomy to me. No, but yeah. So, I mean, maybe they're, they're kind of trying to do like a little misdirection here where they're like, Oh, you think the bad guy's venom, but really it's going to end up being Spider-Man and Spider-Man and venom team up against crazy, super big bad guy here. Yeah, and there was teases at the end of both Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales where um Harry Osborn is uh he's he's sort of um like he's in a he's in like I don't want to call it like you know one of, one of those like cloning tubes where it's like filled with liquid and they got the breathing apparatus like I don't even know what mm-hmm. you would call it but it he's in this like stasis tube and there is like some sort of infection and I think a lot of people were thinking oh he's venom or he has mm. some sort of venom infection um but uh it hasn't really been picked up outside of those like you know post game snippets uh yeah. and and leading into spider-man 2 so there's a lot of stuff that has obviously hinted at venom coming and uh it's exciting to see like obviously they will they will be from an from insomniac's point of view like they will be focusing on you know uh spider-man 2 in terms of promotion but way before wolverine i, I imagine we'll see much more spider-man 2 in, in the next year um mm-hmm. so i'm sure we'll have answers or at least more more answers but uh i think the biggest um sort of reveal in terms of a game that isn't out yet but we we obviously know is coming in early 2022 is uh god of war ragnarok which is the not only the sequel to the 2018 god of war but is already being you know labeled as the conclusion to the norse story you know which i thought was i mean maybe it's just because i'm used to things being in trilogies but i kind of was like oh this is the end so you're just doing two and then moving somewhere else i guess but i mean ragnarok is is kind of is the end of the world right so i mean it makes sense that ragnarok would be the end <laughs> but yeah. uh but yeah i don't know i i guess i wasn't expecting it so soon but i will say because i didn't play the 2018 god of war uh this trailer made me want to go play the 2018 god of war and i know everyone's going to be like oh my god joss we told you like 800 times why have you not played this game yet but i don't know it just it didn't like draw me in but this iteration of it this ragnarok and bringing in all of the kind of norse gods and mythology and so i don't know like for some reason this trailer for ragnarok made me very interested in the franchise the way the first one really didn't and now i want to play the first half of the story knowing that this is the conclusion i'm like well i can't play the conclusion without playing the intro like that's silly so i i think i'm gonna go play the original um 
uh, just the original God of War from 2018. So I'm really excited about this. I thought it looked freaking cool. Yeah. Well, what I would recommend is uh, obviously you're you're picking up a PlayStation 5 for Horizon Forbidden West. Um, Obviously. Yeah. If you do end (laughs) up picking up one early or at least before Horizon Forbidden West comes out in February, uh, the God of War from 2018 saw a really substantial patch for performance on the PS5. And uh, I would wait to play it there because it is it is a phenomenal version. But uh, the you know the the Norse stuff that they're laying down in Ragnarok, it's all like I it all it's all there in the original God of War uh, from 2018, and it really feels like when I was watching that trailer, I was like, oh wow, this is like more of what we've gotten previous, and they've they have they have ratcheted up. Um, like a lot of the the Norse mythology uh, and stuff, but a lot of that is present in the original that came out in 2018. And um, but they are leaning more into the Nor- more of the Norse gods. Like we we got more Thor, which was he was not present in uh, the first one. Yeah, they mentioned like Odin and yep. Thor and Loki and um, the big guy uh, Tyr. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I think uh, Freya is in there she was in the Freya, first one yep um which so yeah they're just yeah. there seems like there's just so many and and i don't know why the first god of war didn't hook me with their trailers and their marketing and stuff but this one looks really cool so i'm looking forward to it and and yeah i definitely will be uh picking up a playstation 5 for horizon when it comes out in the new year so um yeah i'll probably just keep my eye out they didn't they oh man they they still didn't announce uh a console for Horizon, so I think I just need to bite the bullet and accept that it's probably not going to be any kind of collector's edition bundle. And I mean, there probably will be a Forbidden West bundle, but it'll probably be like, hey, here's the PlayStation 5, and also it comes with Horizon. Not any kind of cool collectorsness that I was hoping for, but uh, yeah, so I, I'll probably be picking up a PlayStation 5 just kind of whenever I can between now and February, so I think that uh, God of War will be uh, a good... Uh, title to try um but something that is going to be exclusive to playstation 5 on its launch which is kind of surprising is the star wars older knights of the old republic they're remaking it and it's going to be exclusive on playstation 5 which is kind of crazy because i've never played knights of the old republic it's about 20 years old at this point um i'm not a huge star wars fan but i know there are basically anyone who is a fan of star wars and a fan of video games like, this is the holy grail of Star Wars video game titles. Like, apparently the story is amazing, the the combat is fun, and the I, I think it's um like an RPG, so there's a whole lot of, like, that side of things too, which apparently was really well done and really balanced. Like, this, people freaking love KOTOR. Mm-hmm. Like, so much <laughs> so i i'm i feel like and again i was i was away th- today uh i was not glued to my computer as i normally am and so uh, i didn't see the reaction to this but i don't know i feel like anytime something big crazy and iconic gets remade but is also exclusive to one platform people get sad <laughs> was the it was the internet sad today ryan yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, one of the struggles with uh, this remake is that KOTOR was a, 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 was already a console exclusive. It was a console exclusive on the Xbox when it launched. It did not come to other platforms. Mm. And the fact that PlayStation has snapped this one up, 
Um, it makes sense on the standpoint of like the, the, the developers behind it are Aspire, um, who do a lot of like ports, did a lot of Mac ports back in the day, but they've really been expanding. And this is a big project. They're remaking it from the ground up. And it really seems like a similar to the Final Fantasy VII remake, a game that would benefit from an injection of, of cash from a major, major publisher. Um, so yeah, it's exclusive to the PlayStation 5. There's been no talk of, um, from what I've seen, uh, you know, launch exclusivity windows. Um, there, there hasn't even been, same with the Final Fantasy VII remake, there's been no talk of you know, there is an exclusivity window, but there's been no talk of Xbox. And I'm sure that's part of the agreement. Like you just shall not mention that it could come to other platforms until uh, the window is up and we'll do our best to keep extending it. But yeah, this is a PlayStation 5 console exclusive. It's coming to PC as well, which is good because I feel like as a as a Star Wars RPG, you, you kind of have to, you kind of have to offer it on PC. So I'm re- I am really glad that these like, third-party exclusives a majority of them are being offered on pc so giving people that option that out similar mm-hmm. to like uh, death loop being available on pc alongside uh, ps5 this year yeah but uh yeah it, it is it's very early in development they they kind of addressed it a little bit post showcase in a developer update um we're not going to see this game for a while again this is probably a 2024 game and uh, they said as much that like this is all we have to share for the time being uh we can't wait to share more but it's gonna be a while and um yeah people were upset but I, but i think like uh you know this is one of those games that it's so far out that it's like kind of hard to be upset that it is exclusive to the ps5 because again like i don't it's not coming out anytime soon, but it is a bummer. Like if you only have an Xbox and that's all you want to own, um, and you loved KOTOR, this is a big get for PlayStation. Yeah. Um, I'm not a, a particularly a big fan of like snapping up like third parties, but if this game didn't exist without PlayStation's involvement, similar to the final fantasy seven remake, this is a good thing. Cause again, we are getting the remake. It's going to be coming and it's coming to PC. And, uh, if the console exclusive, offering is what allowed it to exist um because these are expensive it's expensive to make a game these days yeah yeah Yeah. so you kind of have to look at it from both sides but i do understand xbox fans being a a little disappointed Yeah. yeah yeah for sure well, that was our highlights from the PlayStation Showcase. Uh, we have links in the show notes if you guys missed it. Uh, there were some other announcements in there as well. But uh, we are done for the night. So, um, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you want to support our Extra Life campaign, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2021. Uh, if you'd like to continue the conversation, you can do so by joining into our Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Um, other than that, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.